This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com fool and enter promo code fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. I'm your healthcare show host, Christine Harges, sitting here in beautiful Alexandria, Virginia, pre-recording this episode on March 6th, which is Monday, for release on the usual Healthcare Wednesday, March 8th. I am happy to welcome to the show Todd Campbell, who's calling in from New Hampshire. All credit. Hi, Christine. Hey, Todd. How are you? I'm doing great. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to talk about a bunch of stocks I I wish I bought on December 31st. <laughs> yes. So I was actually just about to give you complete credit for today's show episode idea, and I'll just completely hand it over to you for an introduction. Sure. I figure you know we're just now getting into the third month of the year. It's the perfect time to sort of look back and say, okay, what's working? And you know, obviously, you don't buy anything just because the stock happens to be up, right? But what I've oftentimes found is that if you go and every once in a while check and see what have been top performers, sometimes you find a good story to research a little bit more and potentially you know, either add to a watch list or tuck into your portfolio uh, after you've done that homework. So what I wanted to do today was do a screen uh, looking for, we'll call it investment-worthy um, healthcare stocks that have been big returners so far year to date. And to do that, what I, I simply just said, okay, let's look for anything that's got a market cap greater than one billion, and we'll rank it that way. So the stocks that we're going to talk about today are, um, they're not micro caps. We tend to try and avoid those kind of stocks. But some of them are pretty emerging stocks uh, and companies compared to what you've heard us talk about in the show before. They're not you know, the Celgene or Gileads of the world. Yeah, I mean, these are stocks that are up 50% or more just in a couple of months, which is not going to happen to a humongous pharmaceutical company. Right. I, you know, and, and the fact that we're actually you know, talking about, after just a couple of months, five stocks that have returned more than 50%. Um, wow, that's, that's healthcare. That, that's that just goes to show you uh, that you know the reward part of the risk. But you know we've always talked about the risk. Uh, tells you about a little bit about the reward uh, side of things when we talk about this uh, biotechnology area. Yeah, and as you alluded to, it is a kind of frequent occurrence that winners keep on winning, and that is so not to guarantee that these will continue their winning ways, but even if you don't think that they're going to continue winning going forward, it's also kind of just a useful learning experience to look at stocks that did get a bunch of positive catalysts and compare that to any sort of notes that you had on them, or if you can remember how you were thinking about some of these companies, because we have talked about some of these on the show before, and say, hey, was I right? Did this play out like I thought it would? And kind of go back and see how you can reshape shape your, your investment process and your research to do even better going forward. Yeah, I think journaling is so important for investors, just to keep track of their ideas, what's worked, what hasn't worked. Sometimes it's more important to keep track of what hasn't worked, just so that you can kind of you know, bear in mind or, or learn from your own mistakes. Um, you know, I don't know uh, if you want to just jump right in and, and start talking about the five, or if you have a particular way you want to frame it, Christine? Um, I think we should go in reverse. Start with the one that is up the least, which is still up an incredible amount, and then go up to the one that is up the most. But before we do, what you just said reminded me a lot of a really interesting study that I once read. I, I, I really enjoy behavioral psychology, so I read a lot of that kind of stuff. And 
I was reading a study about how you don't remember the times that you were wrong nearly as much as you remember the times that you were right. And so what you said about journaling, I totally agree. That is on point. If you have a written record of all the times that you were wrong, that's kind of useful to counterbalance your own psychological intuition. Right, because we do get biased. You know, we start, especially in periods where the market's really working. So we start saying, oh, wow, you know, I'm really smart, right? Look at all these great stock picks I'm making. And um, that can build up a, a, a kind of a false feeling of confidence. Yeah, that, and, but that being said, like when you look at long-term investing, your winners hopefully will be multi-baggers, meaning they'll be up more than 100%, as opposed to your losers, the most they can ever go down is 100%. Very true, very true. Uh, you know, I, right, if, okay, so j- just to jump right in, we've kept our, our listeners in suspense <laughs> long enough, right? It's time. So, yeah, okay, so number five on the list today, is up 55%. That's, that's still mind-blowing to me. Uh, and the company is Exelixis. And Exelixis is a is white hot because it's playing in the cancer space. And we've seen a lot of different merger and acquisition activity, a, a lot of different deals get done over the course of the last year in cancer. And I think that that is one reason why investors are getting so excited about this stock because they have a kidney cancer drug on the market that is growing very quickly. Yes, indeed. So they uh, they have this drug. They actually have a, a couple of different drugs going on. Um, as as you mentioned, their kidney cancer drug is the most uh, exciting of them. Todd, do you want to tell yeah, us that's the more about mover, this one? Right, Christine. I mean, Cabomedics. I mean, that's that's the needle mover. They they launched that drug last year for use in second line advanced kidney cancer, and you know that's a market that you know Affinitor, which is a billion dollar drug, has long dominated, um, and they're just winning market share. You know, I think their market share now is up to twenty seven percent in that second line setting, and that's translating into a hundred, you know, two hundred million um, run rate in sales. Uh, that could get even grow even more because you know they released a study last year that showed that they may be able to move this drug up and have it be used in the first line of treatment for these cases. And if so, then it's going to fight against Sutin, which is another billion dollar drug. So you've got a couple different reasons why this Cabomedics could become a 500 million or more um, drug. Yeah, and, and another vote of confidence that this company has, other than simply being in a fairly lucrative space, is that other companies seem to agree. They have partnership agreements on almost all of its drugs, and, and that not only is that a vote of confidence, but it also gives them funding. For example, in January, they announced a licensing agree- agreement uh, in Japan with Takeda Pharmaceutical that gave them $50 million up front, almost a- another $100 million more in potential milestones, royalties on top of that. This is a fairly well-funded company because of these partnerships. Yeah, it's still losing money. Um, Christine, we got to make sure that everybody knows that you know this is not a profitable company yet. Although but, I think technically, the last quarter was the first time that they did turn a profit. Yeah, but, but there's I, an asterisk. There were yeah, there are asterisks there. You know, one-time events mm-hmm, and money that several. comes in that you can't really expect going forward. I think that you know this year estimates are from the from industry watchers about five cents in in in, in earnings per share. Next year, getting Oof. more meaningful. Don't and growing. spend it all in one place. What's that? Don't spend it all in one place. That yeah, nickel. Yeah, don't spend it all. Exactly. I mean, so this is an expensive stock, but again, 
there are not a lot of cancer companies out there that are emerging that have fast-growing cancer drugs on the market that are independent. And as a result, you've got companies out there like Pfizer and these other guys that want to buy these companies, and that's bidding them up to pretty high valuations. This, this stock, for example, now has a $6.5 billion market cap which is pretty big for you know a company that did you know including milestone payments and everything else what less than 300 million in sales last year exactly so let's move right along we've got five companies to cover so we'll try to be fairly speedy with them the next one that we want to talk about is up roughly the same amount it's 56% year to date and this is Pakira Pharmaceuticals is that how you pronounce this one? I, I, I always call it Pacira. Pacira, we can go with that. But you know, that's because I was thinking Pacific. Oh, uh, okay, I can see so, it. But don't get it confused with uh, Pacific Biosciences. This one is Pacira Pharmaceuticals, ticker is PCRX. Yeah, and again, we've got a, a situation where we've got a company that has a drug on the market that's growing relatively quickly. I mean, it's stable. You know, it's not growing as quickly as Exelixis' drug, uh, Cabomedics, but you know, 11% year-over-year growth. Uh, for their drug Exparel, which is an interesting drug because it's used to prevent pain in patients who undergo procedures. And what's interesting about this drug is it's a, not an opiate. So, you know, we, we and I have talked about in the show before some of the problems that are, you know, the country has right now with opiate abuse. And as a result, you know, doctors prescribing opiates as infrequently as they can. So Exparel works by being inserted at the time of the procedure. So it's kind of like when you numb your mouth when you're getting a filling. Um, and as a result, you know, it not only helps to control pain, but it reduces the reliance by patients on opiates uh, as they're recovering. And you know, we've got a company that has just inked a deal with uh, a unit of J&J that's going to help you know, get Exparel in front of more and more doctors. And there's a lot of opportunities, theoretically, to expand the use of this across more and more procedure types. So you get it used in knee procedures and shoulder procedures and soft tissue procedures. And, you know, that has some people thinking that this could, you know, sales could grow, you know, meaningfully from where they are now. And I think that, you know, we, they did about 280 million in sales last uh, last year. Yeah, they're definitely forecasting some pretty strong sales growth for this drug. The one thing that I would throw out there as a word of caution with this stock, though, is valuation. They've got pretty astronomical numbers. If you look at their price to sales, their PE, it's all well, well, well above industry average. Yeah, it's a $1.8 billion market cap, uh, which isn't ridiculous if you want to say, okay, what, what would be a takeout valuation um, when you're talking about, you know, 10 times sales or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's got a little bit of debt, it's going to pay down, it's not a cheap stock. Of course, none of these are cheap stocks. You know, they're fast growing and, and that's part of the reason, I suppose, that people are willing to pay the, a little bit more of a premium to own them. That is true. This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to the consumer. Casper's mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress at a very fair price. Casper is made of supportive memory foams for a sleep service with surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. You can buy it easily online and completely risk-free. 
Casper understands the importance of truly trying out a mattress that in all reality you spend a third of your life on. So Casper offers free delivery and painless returns within a 100-day period, which is pretty incredible. So you don't have to lay down in a showroom. And did you know that statistically lying on a bed in a showroom has no correlation to whether it's the right bed for you? Casper's mattresses are made in the USA, free shipping and returns to the US and Canada, and you can save an additional $50 towards a mattress purchase by going to casper.com/fool and entering the promo code fool. That's casper.com/fool and promo code fool. Terms and conditions apply. So, speaking of sleepers, I guess these stocks are basically the opposite. Our next one on the dock is Kite Pharma, which is up 62% year to date. Well, we've talked about Kite Pharma in the past, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it again. This company is making science fiction a reality. You know, being able to take the T cells out of a patient's body, re-engineer them, put them back into the patient's body to find and better destroy cancer cells uh, in in certain types of cancer. And what has really got investors excited about Kite Pharma this year is that Kite has now uh, updated investors on the final data from its pivotal registration-ready study for AxiCell, which was formerly KTE C19. And AxiCell showed up almost a third of patients with um, a, a form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, you know, who were complete responders to this drug in trials. And that's that's just pretty amazing because this is a uh, people who were enrolled in this trial were uh, pretty heavily treated and um, don't have a lot of treatment options. And that data really has everybody thinking, okay, they could file for approval. They're supposed to file for approval at the end of this month. And if they do that, uh, they could get accelerated approval. This thing could get it on the market before the end of this year, uh, probably with a fairly high price tag uh, and, and start being used in thousands of patients as early as next year. And just to add one more detail to the trial data, that 31% of patients that had a complete response, that was after six months. And up until this point, the durability of the response had been a huge unknown. So that particular note, I think, is really what had people excited for the first uh, couple of months of this year after the data was released. And I, I think that alone is accounting for the majority of this lift. Yeah, I mean, it's I, you always hate to say curative when it comes to cancer. But you know you're finally getting to a point now where where you're using language which is incredibly encouraging, especially with a, in such a tough group of patients to treat. They did a retroactive analysis um, on people who were suffering from this this disease and found that overall survival historically has been about 6.6 months for this patient group. At 8.7 months, they have yet to determine what the overall survival is on um, on AxiCell, which is so, great news. Yeah, it's very, very good news. And importantly, the safety uh, profile looks pretty decent. You know, we, we've talked in the past about how a competitor, Geno Therapeutics, stumbled because of some safety concerns with their drug, their competing drug. Uh, Kite seems to have avoided that. So for whatever reason, their drug is, has proven to be a little bit safer in trials. So you've got good safety, high complete response rate. Little wonder that investors are cheering that this year. Yes, exactly. And interestingly, our next stock is also another cancer-related uh, oncology company, and this one is Exact Sciences. The ticker is EXAS, and they are up 65% year-to-date. Yeah, this is a really interesting company because they're doing something that a, a lot of people were very skeptical they'd be able to commercialize and 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 uh, and do and do it successfully. 
they have developed a screening tool that can be used to find colon cancer much earlier in in if you start thinking about colon cancer it's the second deadliest cancer uh it's if it's caught early the, it's very easy to cure. Nine out of 10 people will be cured. If it's caught late, however, it has a very high mortality rate. So it's reshaping, I guess, how patients get evaluated for their colon cancer risk. And, you know, I think that we've probably talked about this on the show before, um, but as a refresher to everybody, the, the gold standard is a colonoscopy, but colonoscopies are expensive and they're invasive. And as a result, very few of the tens of millions of people who uh, should be getting screened every year follow through and do it. Uh, this test is just uses a stool sample that you send off to a lab. And that makes it obviously, you know, less expensive than having to do all the prep and going to a hospital for a procedure. Um, and it also makes it easier for people to follow through on and get done. It's less invasive. It's easier for them to, to you know, be willing to do. And so this was a great story. It sounds like a fantastic idea, but at first there was a lot of doubt, but it seems like the company is starting to turn the corner. They had 244,000 completed ColoGuard tests in 2016, which was up 135% year over year. They had sales from these of 99 million, which was up 152% year over year. This is, however, a company that is still losing money. Um, they posted a pretty hefty net loss in 2016, but a lot of that is because they're still spending so much money on their marketing and boosting awareness. Their test completion rates are also problematic, so they definitely still have some work to do, but they seem to be heading in the right direction. Yeah, the compliance rate with the tests is, is better, though, than it is for other screening method, methods. And I think that as more insurance companies start recognizing that it's easy, it's, it makes more sense to catch this disease early uh, and they start reimbursing for it, I think that you're going to see that this company's sales continue to climb and eventually this company becomes profitable. Like you said, right now it's not because it's investing so much in marketing. But it's a very interesting story and it's definitely one that investors are going to want to keep an eye on. Indeed. So, we have arrived at our last company of the day, which is also this year's biggest winner so far, up 72%. This is a, a name that I know Todd and I talk about a lot. We both really like this company, and uh, that is Portola Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, you know, in, in full disclosure, I happen to be long this one. Um, it As is am up I. 70 yeah, 72% so far this year. Uh, I took it on the chin last year, and now we're getting it yeah. back. <laughs> they were down 56% in 2016, which did not feel good, especially having to come on the show and be like, hey, we were really wrong. But maybe yeah. we weren't so wrong. I mean, long-term investing, we're, we're doing okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole concept here is they've got, okay, here's the reason, the, the takeaway here for this, for this company. They've got two drugs that could both be blockbuster drugs. And last year, they both stumbled in trying to get in for, get these drugs to the FDA. Um, you know, one of the drugs, Betrexpan, we talked about, put up very weird mixed results in trials early last year, and that cast a lot of doubt on whether or not the FDA would be willing to uh, look favorably upon it once they filed uh, their application for approval. The other was in DEXA, and DEXA is used to reverse a class of drugs called Factor XA anticoagulants. Um, that are used to prevent blood clots. There is no antidote on the market right now. However, last August, the FDA sent them a rejection letter 
because they wanted to get some more information from them. So there was a, a one-two punch last year, and then you fast forward to 2017, Christine, and hey, guess what? Betrexaban has been filed, and the FDA has said, I don't think we're going to need to do an, an, an ADCOM meeting to discuss Betrexaban, which doesn't guarantee an approval, but certainly uh, increases, in my view, the odds of, of a, of a go-ahead. And Indexa is supposedly, they're going to get that refiled soon, too. And if they make good on their timeline, they think that they could have an approval in hand by the end of this year. So theoretically, one blockbuster already on the market by, the, by late this year and potentially two on the market next year. Which is pretty incredible and gives us a lot to look forward to. And I'm sure we will be discussing them on the show again come June 24th, which is the Padufa date for Batrixaban, or whenever we get the next news about Andexa. Todd, thank you so much for running through these five companies with me and for coming up with today's idea and running the screen. It's been great as always. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. For Todd Campbell, I'm Christine Hargis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!